My son sacrificed his life to save me. These powers are not a gift, but a curse. Born out of rage. This loose cannon needs to be locked down before innocent people start getting hurt. He's been asleep for 5,000 years. You find us a cell that can hold him, we'll take care of the rest. Who's on the team? I didn't bring a passport. We don't need passports. We're the Justice Society. There's a war going on outside. We ain't safe from Black Adam. We're here to negotiate your peaceful surrender. Heard about at least three killings this afternoon. I'm not peaceful. Nor do I surrender. Here we go. I kneel before no one. You didn't come here to seek justice. You came to exact revenge. I never said I was a hero. You believe you are not worthy, but fate does not make mistakes. You have two paths. You can be the destroyer of this world. Or you can be its savior. All right, all right. Let's go ahead and get this started. This is the official DC's Black Adam Twitter Spaces, hosted by Two Black Nerds. I am one half of Two Black Nerds, the podcast, Jordan. I got my co-host here as well, Dez, on the line. And so we are here to just spoil and talk about everything that happened in the new DC film, Black Adam, starring Dwayne Johnson, of course. Um, We're assuming if you are here, you have seen the movie or... Maybe you don't care to be spoiled about it. That's totally fine, too. But we're going to talk about it. This is really an informal space, just a chat. We're going to keep it casual, talk about everything as it pertains to the movie, all the surprises, and then, of course, the future of what it might mean for DC as a film studio. Obviously, a lot of news broke today in terms of what the direction might look like for DC. So we'll spend some time chatting about that as well. Just quickly want to mention that if you have something to say or chime in about as it pertains to the movie, just go ahead and make a request to speak and then we can grant you access so that you can have the opportunity um, to speak your mind about the movie. And uh, if not, that's totally cool, too. If you just want to sit back and listen and enjoy the conversation, we can do that as well. But I think to just get started, let's just go ahead and dive into it. Des, you and I, we can just quickly sort of reiterate what we talked about on the new episode of the podcast, which dropped this morning. Um, Again, we have a full spoiler breakdown of Black Adam. We did a very, very deep dive 
on all the major moments from the film. But I think just quickly, let's reiterate what we generally thought about the movie, how we felt about it. Did it work for us? Did it not work? Again, this is full spoiler. So feel free to not hold anything back and just go right into all the details of everything. But uh, Des, let's start with you, man. Let's just get your thoughts and impressions about Black Adam. You want to reiterate to the people, you know, how you felt about the film and whether or not it worked for you? Yeah, man. Um, again, I have to kind of preface that, you know, we come in this thing after over, you know, 10 years um, looking for uh, uh, one of the first anti-hero titular movies of all time. You know, I think it has a lot of weight on his shoulders, not only because of that, but because Dwayne The, the Rock Johnson is, is helming the film and he's pushing it <laughs> stronger than he's almost pushed um, anything in his career. And so um, I'm, I'm hearing that the movie is going to come out. Of course, I get a little excited. I'm a rock fan. I'm a wrestling fan. Um, and so I, I entered the theater uh, just looking for a good time, man. And unfortunately, things can things can be a good time, but they also have to be good inside of the good time, I think, uh, for 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 majority of things, I guess I can say. Um, and this is not the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say that, but it's there, there's a lot missing that I feel like they could have uh, uh, done here, um, especially with the budget they have, especially with the behemoth that the DCEU is. I think they could, uh, one of the one of the words we've been using a lot this year is care, man. I just feel like they could have took a little bit more care of some of the things that they've done in this film. One of them is the script in the delivering of lines um, that turns out to be super corny at times. Um, I think you can, even though superheroes are inherently sometimes supposed to have a little cheesiness to them. I think there's always space for, you know, uh, uh, seriousness sometimes or, or badass or whatever you want to call it. There are moments that, that superheroes are also cool. And that's the reason I think we're all here because we find something cool within these superheroes and the movie just wasn't given cool. I think in some moments that I was supposed to, at least in terms of dialogue, um, I will say on the bright side of things, there are a couple really good action scenes, that I enjoyed, but I think these, I think superhero movies are always more than action, right? A lot of the best superhero movies we love contain uh, uh, really a good story. Nobody watches The Dark Knight and goes, man, I can't wait till that action scene comes up. Sure, there's a lot of decent action, action scenes that we like, but we like The Dark Knight because of how intricate it is, because how cool the villain is in there, because of the, the craziness that's going on in Gotham, the corruption and, and, and all of those things. And so, when I'm when I'm watching a movie like Black Adam, it's not saying it has to be exactly like The Dark Knight is, but I'm looking for depth of story. And Black Adam wasn't necessarily giving me the depth of story um, that I was hoping for, especially if you tell me this is the first anti-hero again character um, that's getting his, his his own you know somewhat solo movie. I'm uh, you got to give me the political. Why is he an anti-hero? Draw the lines between why Black Adam. Is is who he is versus who Shazam is, right? Who's who is uh, very much his his counterpart, um, his well, not his counterpart, but his his opposite in terms of morality. Why is um, he so much better than him in, in in those ways? And so I just I just found myself not not really finding those lines in the movie. Um, but there's yeah, this is also a, a couple things that's very basic to me. Like when you watch a movie, it should just feel good that you're watching the movie. Some stuff sh shouldn't feel forced, and a lot of things in the movie definitely feel forced. I think part of it um, that we do talk about on the podcast is it feels a little outdated. I feel like we're watching things that were absolutely um, just old cliches of superhero films. It feel like I was... I, 
John, uh, the Rock got cast in this role in 2007. This very much feels like a 2007 movie in a in a lot of different ways. And I think they they like they they dropped the ball by not bringing it in, into the now um, when the story goes because there's a lot of accidental cliches happening. A lot of things uh, that that could also pertain to the cheesiness, right? Maybe there were a couple movies in that in that realm that did that did feel like um, it was okay to to give me a bad a, a poorly uh, a delivered line or something like that. And so, um, yeah, I found myself on the weird side uh, of of not really enjoying some of those things. What I did enjoy for sure, I still like The Rock as The Rock. He's not really like my biggest problem with him, but the way he was written. And I really enjoyed, um, in particular, Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. And I enjoyed uh, my boy Aldous Hodge as Hawkman. I think they they brought something to the screen that I, I, I really hadn't seen from too many um, characters. Really a superhero at all. They had a different relationship um, than what I've seen. But there were, there were also echoes of them and other characters that we've seen in the, in the MCU and things like that, too. So... Um, I also enjoyed most of the CGI. There's a couple moments where I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. But I actually think they executed uh, some, a lot of things with Hawkman and especially a lot of things with Dr. Fate's costume uh, very well. I, I thought it looked really good. Um, I thought a lot of those things were beautiful. They were Usually when Dr. Fate was on the screen, it was my favorite times um, to be watching the film. But um, I've said a lot already. Uh, but it, it, again, this is a film where I feel like maybe as an at-home movie, I'll be okay with watching, you know, kind of in the background and be like, okay, that was okay. But when you, all these expectations surrounding the film, going to see it in the theater, it definitely was a letdown in that regard. So yeah, I'll pass it on to you. Sure. I'll hop back in and sort of just, we're in a position now where comic book films, superhero films, however you want to deem them are in a more sophisticated place overall. That doesn't mean that all of them, are the best made movies that doesn't mean all of them have the best craftsmen behind the camera many of them do many of them have supremely talented people in front of and behind the scenes every now and then you get a dud you get a morbius that comes along and just really challenges your brain capacity but in general i think we find movies by and large in the comic book realm typically end up being good to in some few cases great with really what Marvel has done over the past almost 15 years. They've kind of been largely responsible for a lot of that, but also other studios as well. DC, of course, falls into that category. They've made great movies, but you come into a movie like Black Adam and it feels like they take all the backward steps that you could possibly take within a comic book film and the fact that it seemed like they learned nothing of the lessons that have been gained, the wisdom that's been imparted on this particular genre over the past 20-some-odd years, ever since we got Spider-Man back in 2002. I would even say X-Men. And from then on, I think that the, the this genre has continued to grow and evolve. There were some hiccups along the way. You get the Dark Knight, of course, the trilogy there. You get the Iron Man film, the kickstart at the MCU. And that's where it really felt like things changed. And we started to see a little bit more a little bit more of a maturity, I think, to these stories and a little bit more of a sense of, hey, this could really happen. And so I could relate to it more. Black Adam is the most unrelatable movie ever. And for a lot of people, that's going to be fine, because I think we go to the film, you know, the, the movies to have sort of an escapist experience, you know, have an experience where it doesn't feel like we can actually live this on Earth. That's totally cool. But. I, I think I still need a certain level of competence within a movie at the end of the day, even though it is going for an over-the-top nature, a sense of 
pulpiness or comic bookness or authenticity towards the material that it's adapting. And so Black Adam for me was just like, wow, did they really put any attention or care into the writing here? Was there really any time spent on the script and making sure that it was the best that it could possibly be? Did we really think through this story and make it make sense? I, I question all of that stuff because it doesn't seem like it was the case. It seemed like they set out to do one thing. They wanted to showcase how strong the character of Black Adam is, make him indestructible, and then put him against a somewhat formidable team and show that he can pretty much handle their asses with almost no effort. And... Again, that's fine. Black Adam is already a strong character in the comic books, but there has to be a level of interest there and and a level of dramatic tension that you just don't get in the movie. And I'm not expecting this to be the most well-made movie. I'm not expecting this to get nominated for Oscars by no means, but there, there does have to be a baseline expectation of, hey, I hope that this can be good in some respects in terms of the quality of writing in terms of the acting ability in terms of the story that's being told that it makes sense like that's just baseline shit that you want out of a movie any movie you know even even if it's a a big dumb action blockbuster and so i don't think it necessarily satisfied all of those things i think it kind of missed the mark on quite a few of them that being said man you can't deny that this is absolutely an experience for the movie theater that this can be a really fun time where you just sit back turn your brain off and enjoy what you're seeing on screen. The fact that you can just watch the rock pummel people left and right. I mean, Hey, who doesn't want to sign up for that? Cause it's been, it's been such a long time since we've gotten somebody of his stature and with his screen presence to be able to command, command a movie screen like that in that particular way. It's, it's been a long time. And so uh, I think it satisfies a certain niche, which is cool. But um, yeah, for me, a lot of the stuff just didn't work. And I was I was certainly hoping for more on just a, a a pure movie making level where it just felt like it missed the mark there. But hey, overall, if people are enjoying it by and large, which is, it seems like a lot of folks are, then I think that that's, you know, ultimately um, that's ultimately like the biggest win that you can probably grant to this movie and to people who do enjoy it because. That's what that. That's why they make them. They make them for 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 an enjoyable experience, and so that people can come to the movies and feel like they had a good time and feel like they got their money their money's worth. But more to say, more to talk about as it pertains to this movie. We're definitely going to get into some additional details. But before we do that, just want to open it up to see if anybody else has any thoughts, any any ideas or or contributions that they want to make general generally about how they felt about Black Adam. I'd love to hear, especially if somebody like really loved this movie. Um, definitely open to, to to hearing you know what what worked for people, but Feel free. Anybody can take the floor and just, you know, go ahead and meet yourself and, and speak away. Hey, this is John. I first want to say thank you for telling me about the space. I uh, I know I have a lot of discourse with you, Jordan, a lot on Twitter about films and everything. And this is actually the first time I've gotten to hop on a space. But to me, Black Adam was awesome. I enjoyed it. It was a great experience. I, if I were to give it a grade, I'd give it an eight out of five, eight out of ten uh maybe even eight and a half um they the only part that really disappointed me was how they kind of carried the movie on beyond where it needed to go um after he had received the crown that's when i feel like that could have been a great cliffhanger leading into the sequel but that would have really spoiled everything for the superman uh uh superman spoiler they had at the very end of the film but for me the tonality the the uh the script it was all excellent for a comic book film uh 
And I think that's where the disconnect lies is that I'm watching through the lens of someone who appreciates the quirkiness of comics and realizing that's all that it is. And it's nothing more than that. It's not supposed to be this cinematic masterpiece that we're going to watch years from now, but it's a feel good film that you really enjoy. And you can honestly tell that the people who made this film were true fans of the source material, um, which is something that I can't necessarily say that DC has stuck to the script with for the past few years, especially with the Snyderverse the most recent Batman iteration. Uh, they've tried very hard to ground it in reality, and when you're doing that with comic book films, you kind of put yourself in this awkward predicament uh, that I'm not really a fan of, nine times out of ten. Um, I echo your statements with the MCU and how they've done a great job, but I would put this in the same vein as something as Thor of the Dark World. Uh, just a fun film where you get out there and you enjoy what they have, what they put in front of you. Um, as far as the, the statement of this being an anti-hero and we need a bit more umph or something out of that. Deadpool was just a, a just complete moronic film that was comedic masterpiece that we're getting a threequel for this year that everyone's excited for. So I I wonder if the expectation was set properly in the sense that this is a comic book film and this is something that we're supposed to enjoy, we're supposed to laugh at, but we're not supposed to look at this as the lens of phenomenal cinema that DC has really tried very hard in the past to do. And even Disney has tried it as well with, uh, with the MCU. And they've had some wins, uh, not just with the movies, but also with the Disney Plus shows, but there's also been Disney Plus shows that have been horrible to watch, that we have no business ever watching again, but we watch it because we feel like we're obligated to do so. So with that, I'll land my plane, and I'll see what other rebuttals we have for this. Uh, you know, I actually, I think you make some some great points there, John. I, I pretty much agree with everything you said um, in terms of, what they set out to do, what this was meant to be, just the intention behind the the making of the film. And 100% agree that you can tell that the folks who produced this film are fans and The Rock is a fan. Um, and, and you can see it on screen. You can see in the fact that he, he spent hundreds and hundreds of hours in the gym crafting and honing his body to get into the shape that he thought was believable for this character. So the guy's been attached to this for 15 years. And so uh, he, he's absolutely committed and, and nobody sets out to make a bad movie. I, I really don't believe that. I don't think anybody invests their time, their money and their energy, their blood, sweat and tears into something to like actually make something that's just not worth watching. Um, that, that would be just a ridiculous waste of time. And so um, you can tell that they definitely want this to, to hit in a certain type of way. Um, and so I think, it seems like a lot of people for a lot of people that is working, um, which I, I actually love that. I do love that, even though it didn't work for me as well as I wanted it to. I love the fact that on the audience side, what it appears to be is that this is a feel good movie. This is a fun time. This is something that just people can watch and enjoy and they don't have to necessarily think about. It. It's also a bit of a relief that, you know, with Black Adam as in character, barring Shazam, you don't really have to know anything else about D.C., comics or anything really i mean that that's kind of the only connection that they make is to the shazam character of course drawing from the source material but this is also something that you can just walk blindly into 
I do want to point out another thing that I failed to mention on the podcast too, and this is this is certainly a a win for them in this particular movie, but just also the people that they put in the film itself, just who they cast, and the fact that I think that they had the foresight to get a really diverse group of actors. You know, the fact that we have a half black, half Samoan man playing this black Adam character, although he's Egyptian typically in the in the comics, it is somebody of brown skin. Aldous Hodge, a black man. Um, Quintess, Quintessa Swindell, excuse me, she's also, I believe, a black woman. So had a pretty diverse cast, and it's also set in this fictional country, but it's a it's a it's a country that's supposed to be somewhat Middle Eastern. Um, so the turnout for the movie brought in all sorts of audiences too, and I think that that's definitely something that it's obviously still a fight that's being made across the board in terms of representation, you know, within these particular comic book films and TV shows. But that's 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 a cool thing where you can see these larger than life characters just come into a movie and deliver a level of spec where you can see these larger than life characters just come into a movie and deliver a level of spectacle and action that we just don't always see because that opportunity in that canvas isn't always provided to us. So um, I, I think your point is definitely well taken in terms of what they set out to do and actually fulfilling and achieving that promise. Um, anybody else want to speak about the film, their thoughts and how they reacted to, to everything that they, that they experienced with black Adam? Oh yeah, sure thing. Hey everyone, uh, Remy here. I want to say that I really enjoyed Black Adam as a mindless action romp, and I I think that there were certain things that that did take me out of it to a certain degree. You could tell that there that they that they really focused on the action, and if you just appreciate it for the action and and avoid the lazy writing, then you'll have a good time. But another aspect to consider is the aspect of certain cultural sensitivity. I'm going to share in the in the in the thread here a link to an article by a North African uh, journalist about the movie, and just so that we can get a perspective from somebody who is who's North African. Um, just because like Black Adam, like it's it actually does play with these themes of Orientalism and and such. And that's that's a bit troubling. And and in the article she also the journalist also mentions that it even though uh, the rock is surrounded by by people who are like culturally Middle Eastern playing the supporting cast, um, who are the locals to this fictional country of Kandak, which should just be Egypt, but whatever. Um, like he himself is not Middle Eastern, but I think the, the counterpoint to that would be, well, he is of of sub-Saharan African descent. And also like in the movie, like they 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 do seem to show that it's this place that that it, where there are like dark-skinned Kandaki people, I think that one thing that confuses it is the aspect that it's that there are all these like half-assed um, mentions of like U.S. as the world police because there's this group called Intergang which is trying to get the the resources, which are these fictional magical resources called Eternium, um, and so on and so forth. Like, and then like they play they play paint it black which is 
uh, which some people associate with the Vietnam War. Um, and when like Black Adam makes his first um, big appearance, like there's all this like half-assed um, acknowledgement of U.S. hegemony and and stuff like that. But it also, but they have to, they can't be too outright about it because they, because one of the biggest audiences is American. So yeah, and they make up for it in other ways that are also half-assed that I can talk about later. Hey, yeah, thanks, thanks for all of that uh, that info, Remy. I, I definitely would want to take a look at that article and, and dive in and, and read more about that because um, there, there, there's definitely there's definitely a point to be made in terms of that and, and the fact that this is a you know sort of a, a film that's depicting you know a, a fictional country at that, but it is you know pulling from from real life inspiration in terms of its inhabitants and its people and its culture that it's trying to represent in a large way. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it always works for sure. I certainly think that there's things to, to definitely point out and just be aware of, right. And just understand like, Hey, the intention might be in a pretty good place here, but they might not always hit the mark in terms of what they're trying to do in, in that, in that respect. Um, because it's, it's, a, it's important, you know, to be, to be as real as you can, even though you are working with fictional material. But I think, uh, I think that they, they, they did, they did probably, I don't want to say the best that they can do because you could probably always do better. But considering the fact that this is not necessarily an educational film, you know, the fact that it is somewhat of a mindless film and they try to spend some time on that that piece of the material. Um, you know, I think it's interesting that that you can you know sort of parse it out and have a bigger conversation about it. Would have loved to see the movie maybe address that more. Um, but, it, you know, I think I think as numerous people have said, not necessarily that type of movie. I think. uh Rock the Dwayne Johnson is uh, he's certainly more interested in fighting Superman at this point, maybe than necessarily getting historical accuracies correct. Um, although it, it, it was some things there that they did, you know, that they did, you know, pay a little bit more attention to. But um, it's an interesting point for sure to be made. So definitely want to take a look at that. Um, what else? Any other thoughts about just generally on the film? Other than that, we can talk about like some big moments, some key things that, that actually happened. But would love to see if anybody else had any uh, thoughts or opinions about the movie as a whole. Wait a second, my my guy Kevin is connecting right now to possibly speak. I know you might have some thoughts on the movie, man. You wanna you wanna share how you how you felt on it? Yes, sir. Yeah, man. So overall, man, I actually enjoyed the film. Uh, thought it was a fun watch. Uh, I I agree with the three star rating overall. Like, I don't think it's a great film. I just think it's simply fun, good. I thought it was on the same in the same realm as Shazam: Fury of the Gods. Uh, so that's that's how I see it. My main nitpicks are honestly with the dialogue and a lot of the uh, CGI. Like, I thought it was good, all things considered, in terms of, you know, you have Black Adam, the lightning, you know, a lot of the combat, the choreography, things of that nature. So it's going to be rough in some areas. But then it was uh, it was other areas where it was like, eh, they could have deal without this. They kind of forced it. And because of uh, The Rock's physical stature, I kind of thought he looked a little um, odd in terms of how he was, like, postured while uh, levitating. Because, I mean, he's, like, 6'6", six, 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 280, 290. I, I, I think it's hard to be, like, kind of graceful 
in the same way that you would see a uh, slimmer Henry Cavill when he's Superman levitating. So those are my only nitpicks. Uh, I agree with a lot of the things you guys said in terms of the script feeling outdated. Um, I don't know what that was about necessarily. I don't know if it was just something that they just really wanted to push out, but with what Dwayne and Danny Garcia does, they normally utilize a lot of their projects to get leverage for future movies. So that's probably what they're working on. And I'm sure they're going to fix those nitpicks with um, whatever the next appearance is for uh, Dwayne. So those are my only thoughts. Now, you know, that VFX industry is struggling right now. So I think uh, <laughs> those points. Those points in the movie, I, I picked up on a couple of them myself where I was like, ooh, 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 wait a second. Um, and we, we, we talked a lot about this, too, with the with the Thor Love and Thunder conversation because it that, that felt like a more egregious, just, I don't know what happened with that movie. I really don't. Um, but we, we, we mentioned the fact last time that that's that's such a difficult industry to work in, obviously, because of just the expectations that are that are set forth and just the amount of work that they get, the volume, but also the fact that you can't you can't just get by on a passing grade. You know, you can't walk into a VFX film and then eighty five percent of it is good and then everybody's like, Oh yeah, you know, eighty five percent of the, the VFX looks great. Typically people will hone in on that fifteen percent that looks not so great. Uh, so it's it's an interesting dynamic that they probably got most of it right, but but there were moments absolutely where it just didn't work um, entirely. But uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting too what you say about Rock, Danny Garcia, you know, his producing partner, of course, and just everything that they that they want to do with this whole thing. One of the things that that Des and I have been talking about with the pod in general has just been this whole this whole experiment, like what are they trying to do? What are they trying to do with black Adam as a character? How is, how is he going to possibly integrate within the rest of the DCEU? And a big, I think a big way to, to try to make him a little bit more connected to some of these other, these other heroes that we've, that we've seen is, is the introduction of the JSA and how they brought in Hawkman and Dr. Fate and Cyclone. And of course, Adam Smasher into this movie, these other heroes who we've never seen before, in any other movie, this is their first introduction and, and many of their first appearances in live action. This was something I was super excited about. I was really excited about the JSA being in this movie. And on the other side of it, I feel like, okay, it was about 50% success, successful. Um, it literally is an even split. Like, love Talkman, love Dr. Fate. You know, I think Aldous Hodge and Pierce Brosnan were given most of the work to do. Which makes sense. They're a little bit more experienced, especially Pierce. And then Cyclone and Adam Smasher were just kind of there as the the B team, the backup support, you know, so there wasn't a lot in the way of their characters. Everybody looked cool, though. I thought that the designs were mostly good, even though Adam Smasher seemed a little, I don't know, his whole design seemed a little puffy. I don't know what that was about. Like he, he kind of got, I don't know, it was, it was kind of weird at, at certain times, like how he looked in the suit. I, it might just be me overthinking it, but I think by and large, the costumes look great. The fight sequences with those characters in particular against Black Adam was where I was actually really engaged with the movie. And I thought that that was really kind of going to be the focus until we found out like, oh yeah, there's like a big Those characters in particular against Black Adam was where I was actually really engaged with the movie. And I thought that that was really kind of going to be the focus until we found out like, oh yeah, there's like a bigger, badder villain out there. But that stuff like mostly worked for me. And seeing Pierce Brosnan in a superhero film is like, yo, this is crazy. You know, this is like a, a childhood acting idol, James Bond for a lot of us, you know, seeing him come over into the DCU 
be Dr. Fate, which seemed like really, really perfect. And I think it mostly worked. It could have used more. Absolutely. And maybe an additional appearance would have been nice to see. But I thought that like having having those extra supporting characters was a nice touch, even though we could we could use a little bit more. Um, Des, I, I want to kick it back to you, man. Just like what, what were your thoughts on just like the relationship between the JSA and how they, you know, brought that to life on camera and then just also how they played off of Black Adam, because that was really why they were there, you know, to just sort of be that opposition and the, that opposing force to, you know, who we were following throughout the movie. Man, I was also excited, I think, to see the JSA, you know, enter this realm um, to fight Black Adam. But, you know, in, 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 in watching it, I couldn't help but wish that there was more that we sat with before we met them. Um, again, they kept trying to put push this relationship between Dr. Fade and Hawkman. And I was like, man, this is great, but where's this coming from too? You know, I think, I think it's cool sometimes uh, to, to, to kind of give us an already, you know, historic relationship. Um, but it, it would also have been cool. I think to see that, uh, yeah, just to see that relationship uh, um, either blossom or to, to see one of the reasons in which they care so much about each other, I think. Um, and, and, and we really don't get that there. Um, but in, in, in terms of who the JSA is, I was absolutely ex- I, one One of the things I do love about the way they portray the JSA is they use like the perfect, I think, the perfect diversity, the diverse amount of people there um, in, in, in terms of what power sets are. You know, like Hawkman, literally the dude has... Uh, uh, they, everybody else pretty much is using nth metal or like nanites um, beyond beyond Dr. Fate really um, but there's a, a guy that gets big, there's a dude with a with a mace with wings, there's a, uh, a Dr. Fate and his magic shit whatever he has going on and then you have um, a Cyclone and so I, I, I really enjoy how, how all different those people are as well but I'm, I'm, I, I just wish there was even yeah, just a little bit more because because the, the the title of the movie is Black Adam. You don't we don't have time to really talk about who JSA is, how the JSA got created, where they come from. Instead, we kind of just start the movie, and Amanda Waller's like, "Okay, I need a team," and and Aldis Hodge is the leader of that team as Hawkman. Um, and so yeah, we just got into it really fast. Um, and 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 also because of that though, the the two slightly less famous actors, right? And, and um, Quintessa and all, I keep forgetting Adam Smasher's the actor. I don't know why I keep forgetting his name, but they, you know, they, 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 they somewhat get under service because there's not enough screen time for them. There's not enough to I- explain what they have going on. So we get these very quick sequences um, with them when it comes to battles. Um, and, and, and that kind of sucked because again, I absolutely love Cyclone, how, how beautiful Cyclone was on screen. Um, I, I thought that was again one of the one of the better uh, CGI parts of the film for sure. And I, I shoot, I think Adam Smasher's CGI was pretty good too. But those are again two characters that it's like, man, we y'all are here, but I don't care about y'all as much because we have Pierce Brosnan and Aldis Hodge over here who are also two slightly more famous characters as well. And so it, it felt like more so that, that that the eyes were on them and so um but i i enjoyed them i enjoyed the idea of the jsa i just needed a little bit more from them um and i think you know it's it's y'all talk about the power dynamics and how this movie is supposed to be really the showcase of how black adam can really fight a whole team um and and, and that's great but i think the team was supposed to mean something too um and and even even in that 
we we yeah, I don't know. I just left left the theater wanting slightly more, I think, from the 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 party of the JSA. Um and even if you tell me that this is the DCEU and both the JSA and the Justice League exist, I just want a little more. Why did Amanda choose them? You know, why did Amanda Waller say, Hey, I'm gonna use JSA over the Justice League? Especially if you're gonna call in Superman for a favor, in my mind, why didn't you call in Superman to come fight Black Adam the first time? Why are you using JSA? Like there's just small things like that that I was I was just really hoping um to to come by in the film that really weren't answered. And so um, yeah, as much as I love the idea of the JSA and as much as I actually did enjoy their portrayal for the most part, I was just looking for a little bit more um, when it came to their, their portrayal in the film. It's because they wrote this movie in 2007 when they thought the JSA was going to be the anchor of the DCU, but we see things have changed. Uh, but I think, uh, I think one of the things I thought about is the fact that it might have been a missed opportunity in that in terms of Black Adam and showcasing his power, like, he only killed inner gang members. Like, this really worthless group of gang members who are oppressing this country. Just a bunch of, like, cannon fodder we don't care about. That's all that, That's all the people that he killed in the movie. He didn't actually kill anyone meaningful. And I, I just wonder, I don't know if this is, like, necessarily the right way to go. But I wonder if you really want to showcase him as an anti-hero, leaning slightly towards the edge of villainy and corruption, what would it have been like to see him kill a member of the JSA? Like, how would that have come across screen? Because that's how you really look at him like, wait a second, I don't know if I want to root for this guy. But at the end of the movie, I don't see how anybody doesn't root for Black Adam. And so it just comes off as more of a hero than an anti-hero. Like, yeah, he kills people, but look at the MCU. Those heroes kill people all the time in those movies. If you go back and look at Avengers Age of Ultron, they kill hella soldiers from 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 the Sokovia opening action sequence like that's that's a normal day of business for them they they don't have any problem mowing down people and so it didn't feel like they actually leaned into like the the whole anti-hero idea like that that's just kind of a it's kind of a buzzword more than anything is what I feel like but um want to see any other thoughts about JSA and just how they were utilizing this movie from anybody else I liked how gutsy it was um just in the sense that it gave me the Guardians of the Galaxy feel the entire film did in the sense that no one really knew about these characters or the cast or the, the well, cast is the reason why they got them out. Um, they were, they weren't really going off the DC name or anything because in my opinion, DC just hasn't figured it out. Um, they, they struck lightning in a bottle with the Christopher Nolan, dark Knight trilogy. But after that, it's, it's really been hard to stomach since then. So for this group of, vigilantes and no-name heroes to pop up that don't really have much of a presence in film nor do they have much of a presence in the cartoons or anything like that i really enjoyed the fact that they were willing to take that risk um yeah but uh, as far as backstory and why they called the jsa versus the justice league i think it was just excellent build-up um you introduced films like suicide squad that they've tried twice and Again, they haven't really figured out the formula for it. The second one's a bit more entertaining with the new director and everything, and they had the edginess with the R rating, but it still didn't do the same thing I was looking for uh, with the film. Um, it was cool to watch in the pandemic, and I was sitting at home, but I was like, there's no way in the world I'd pay for this at the movie theater. Uh, just like I watched the first Suicide Squad at home. So um, I say all that to say that uh, I think it was good 
world building and good for the suspense. Um, again, I really enjoyed the action, the action sequences and the, even the corny comic book lines, uh, like the sarcasm back and forth that they had. I thought that was great. Uh, it just re- really set a good tone and I had two beers during the film as well. So that's probably what I thought is way more funnier than it probably is. But, uh, I just say again, great ride, really fun. And I'm curious to see, what they do for the sequel. Hopefully this leads into probably dark justice or um, something to where they can, they can balance the tone to where it has that slight hint of cynicism. And then you can still realize that I'm in a comic book film. Like I'm, I don't need to take a volume after leaving this movie. So that's my uh, two cents. I wouldn't want to watch the first Suicide Squad in a casket, much less than at home. But um, here we are. At last, that movie exists. <laughs> um, I appreciate the fact you had two beers during the movie. I, I should have done the same. Alcohol might have helped. Uh, Kevin, you, you <laughs> had something to say on, on the point about JSA and how they were utilized here? Well, for one thing, maybe it's good they didn't call it the Justice League. I'm sure Dez probably would have cut his teeth seeing Ezra Miller run in to oh my save God. the day. I probably would have walked out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. And also, just to point something out, I I thought about this in hindsight. I was like, well, you know, it was actually kind of cool to see Amanda Waller, like, uh, calling the shots with with people she actually likes, as opposed to what we've actually saw in the past between Peacemaker and the other two Suicide Squad films. Now, the only other alternative way they could have probably done that, if you wanted to see Black Adam, like, kill somebody that was, like, a worthy opponent, or at least a mid-level opponent, is make... Now, the only other alternative way they could have probably done that, if you wanted to see Black Adam, like, kill somebody that was, like, a worthy opponent, or at least a mid-level opponent, is maybe having Amanda initially send in, like, a another um, expendable Suicide Squad, and, you know, he cleans them up, then she sends in the JSA, but I'm not too mad at the decision to rely on them. Um, I also applaud them going this route because, let's be real, I don't think we would have got a good introduction show or movie with a Hawkman or Dr. Fate if it wasn't for this film. Like, I don't think at the time DC wanted to greenlight introducing us to them and giving that backstory initially. I know it sucks, but that's just what the reality is. So I, I think I'm fine with the the way they played it out. No, it's real. I mean, when you can not really make a good Batman versus Superman movie, I mean, what in the world would possess them to make a Dr. Fate movie? Um, so I think it, it's definitely one of those things where would it have been nice to have potentially if they found the right filmmaker to make it and brought the story to life in a meaningful way? Could have been nice. Could have been dope to have and have somewhat of an introduction beforehand. But um Ultimately, the way that they use Dr. Fate and, and Hogman here, um, it, they did a decent job. I, I think as long as there's more to see with those characters, then I'm then I'm 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 definitely for just the inclusion of them here um, and just how they can hopefully build out their characters and make them a little bit more important to the future. And, and the Amanda Waller piece is also interesting. I didn't think about that, Kevin, the fact that, like, these are probably people she likes working with because we know she don't like shit in, in, in life, really, except maybe her daughter who was introduced in Peacemaker, but barely her. So I think that this was a little bit of an enjoyment for her. Like, oh, I can just give this mission to them. I don't really got to worry about it. They'll handle it for the most part. And then I can just like go about my day. Um, 
I do want to I do want to quickly talk about this villain, like the real villain in this movie, which uh, I mean, my God, I, I don't know. I don't know what this was. I'd love for somebody to, def- to defend it because I certainly can't. This this whole Sabak introduction and the way that they utilize him in this movie. Um, I, I didn't have high expectations at all. I mean, once they revealed him in the trailers and we knew that this was going to be another character they were going to bring in. I kind of figured that it wouldn't, it wouldn't really mean anything because how can you actually make him a worthwhile villain when you already have the rock taking up most of the screen time plus four other heroes and some supporting characters. And then you want to add on this other villain um, who isn't that notable in the comics, but this, this is where, the movie doesn't really, it doesn't work for me like at all. Um, I can definitely forgive things in certain other elements, especially things that we've talked about, but the whole Sabak introduction and just the way that they built him up and the fact that it was about this crown, like it was just all so silly to me. Like I felt like I could have done without it. Um, and, and, and I would have been, I would have been more into the idea of just like keeping it JSA versus black Adam and like really leaning into the, the, the opposing sides of it. Cause they were going that route for most of the movie, especially between Hawkman and black Adam but they just kind of diverted that completely with this B plot and, and just go in this different direction with this demon. Uh, the, I, it just didn't work for me at all, but I don't know if anybody else feels differently or if people felt similarly like that, 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 you know, kind of the plot and just the whole story kind of fell off of a cliff once they, once they introduced this new villain. I wouldn't say that it fell off of a cliff. Um, I will say it just, it was unnecessary screen time. I can concede to that. Um, I appreciate the fact that that was also the way of introducing deities into the DCEU. Um, we had people like Darkseid in Justice League, and you've heard my opinion on that. Uh, I, I think this was a good way to bring in another formidable big bad uh, to where it just it, it showcases the power of Black Adam. And what links he can go to, especially if he's going to fight someone like Superman, and uh, whose power is virtually limitless. So we're 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 that that that's really the only purpose for me. It it really set the set a great tone for the post credit scene. Um, other than that, yeah, I think when he went back underwater, the film could have ended right there, and I would have given it a nine out of ten. Uh, but for them to proceed further on with this, uh, the foreshadowing, yeah, the twist is only mediocre at best um, in the sense that uh, that's why he was cast aside and I get the whole killing the wizards and everything else. But for him to be introduced and for him to be killed so quickly, it was a little disappointing uh, for him to come in and then they clap their hands twice, Black Adam is back there, and then he delivers the gruesome coup de grace that is on par with something that uh, Zack Snyder would do. I, I appreciated that, but other than that, um, yeah, it just it drug on the movie longer than it needed to, uh, which inevitably, well, inevitably spoiled the experience. So that's my two cents. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I think uh, you reminded me of something as well in terms of twists and the fact that that story was also happening parallel. Like the 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 the, the villain arc with Sabak was happening parallel to this, I guess, reveal of Black Adam not actually being the hero that was that was deemed with the powers of Shazam that it was actually his son, which. 
for some reason they played it as if it was like this big reveal and this twist, as if we didn't know that Teth Adam didn't initially have the powers. Like they revealed it in the trailer. I, I don't know. It was just kind of a weird decision. I felt like we we kind of knew what we were getting out of that story, but they played it as if it was like a big reveal within the film. But um, yeah, it, it definitely drugged the film along. I would agree with that. It was it was one of those things that it just kind of for me the momentum was was a little bit stalled because I actually liked the the moment of like the standoff when when they kidnapped Adriana's son and they had him and they were trying to get the crown. Like I was actually into that because again it presented more of a conflict between Black Adam and the rest of the JSA because he got in between them saying like this isn't your battle to fight. Like this is this is between them. I like stuff like that. But but once you put so much time and effort into Black Adam giving up his powers and going into this prison. Now this other guy, uh, Ishmael, dies and goes to hell to get these the, the powers of Sabak. It just became it, it, it became a lot in that in that particular moment. Um, again, just want to send out a reminder: like if anybody has like thoughts that they want to share, you can put in a speaker request, and we can grant you access if you don't already have that. Um, but before moving on, just want to see if there's any other thoughts about like Sabak and how they they brought in this other villain into the third act of the movie. The one final piece I will say, and I'm sorry, is that I appreciated, again, the coup de grace at the end where The Rock said, tell him the man in black sent you. That was that was definitely a comic book cliche that I was like, okay, that made me smile and laugh at the very end. It was so cheesy. Uh, the timing was perfect, especially watching him throughout the film trying to perfect the right time for it. And uh, he got it at the very end. I was like, all right, I, I like this. I can... I can dig it, but yeah, other than that, it was uh, excessive. I want to point out that I hated everything about the VFX with Sabak at the end. That was probably the hardest to watch the film visually. Um, I don't know if everybody in here has played Tekken, but he looked like Devil Jin. So that was really bugging me. And I was just like, like I, I enjoyed him, you know, uh, Black Adam, you know, taking his horns and like ripping them apart. That was cool, but I was just like, yeah, they they really fumbled this one. So, just wanted to point that out. Man, y'all are really ruining these characters for me when you say stuff like that. Like, I'm not gonna be able to unsee that anymore. It was it was it was pretty rough though. It was pretty rough watching them. I, I did think that, uh, like, the design and what they were going for and the look. It's cool, but the execution of it, I mean, it, yeah, it just, I just, anytime you do something like that, you are running the risk of losing people completely because it's just, it's just so unreal. Um, which again, I know that this is what this movie, we, we've seen like really unreal shit before, like things that would never exist in real life. Like I totally get that, but I don't know. It just, it was a bit of a left turn compared to what we saw throughout the rest of the movie before that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know how much more, much more you can say about Sabak kind of here and gone. Um, but maybe, as, as John, as you said, you know, the whole idea of deities would be nice to see if they do a little bit more with that. Because I think uh, DC has so much that they could explore in that realm um, that we haven't necessarily seen in, in other comic book movies as of late. I think that there's a fear and apprehension on a lot of filmmakers parts to like address those things, which might be the right. It might be the right inclination because it it. it, it it gets to a point where you might potentially lose a certain amount of your audience, but Hey, I think if the, if the execution is correct, then it could perhaps pay off. But um, let's talk about obviously the elephant in the room um, or the Kryptonian in the room. And that's Superman. Henry Cavill is back. We are rejoicing. At least I am. I'm so happy about this. Um, 
they 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 decided to spoil this days before the movie came out. Like the Rock is spoiling it. The producers like it it, it was pretty much not a secret in the release of this movie that Superman was going to be back played by Henry Cavill. He's been gone for quite a while. He wasn't Zack Snyder's Justice League. That doesn't, it was pretty much not a secret in the release of this movie that Superman was going to be back played by Henry Cavill. He's been gone for quite a while. He wasn't Zack Snyder's Justice League. That doesn't really count though, since they had already filmed a lot of that material. This is kind of the first time in five years, I would say that we've seen him really be back. And, 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 you know, with, with everything he said and with everything The Rock said, he's going to be back for multiple movies. Like, this isn't just like a one-off appearance. But for me, I'm super excited about this. I hate that they spoiled it themselves, but it is what it is. It didn't necessarily ruin the moment for me. It was still like a special moment to see him come back and be in that suit, like, at the end of the day. Like, he just, I think he's a great Superman. I think he's a great Clark Kent. I really do like him a lot. And I just want him to get another opportunity to be able to showcase that and to be in his own movie again. I just wonder what the direction of that particular character is going to be. I don't know if they're going to do more Justice League. Seems like they're going to try to figure out a lot, a lot of this stuff with the new leadership. But I don't know if Justice League is going to be a play, if they're just going to go immediately into doing a Black Adam versus Superman movie. If they're going to start off with a Man of Steel movie to reintroduce us as, as, as the audience to this character who's been away for so long. And then build up to that. Where does Shazam factor into this whole equation? A lot of unanswered questions that we just don't necessarily know. The good part about it is, is that DC now has leadership as of four hours ago um, that can start to put these plans in place and start to give us a little bit of a roadmap as to what this what this vision might look like and how Superman's going to factor into it. Um, Des, I'll go back to you. You know, we we talked about the return of Henry Cavill. I know you like him as well, and and he's been a, a, a really good portrayal in that character in your eyes. And seeing him back in that suit was a special moment nonetheless, and we were sitting right next to each other, and that, that audience went crazy. I think that that got the biggest reaction of the night. People know who he is. People know who Superman is. But how do you see it playing out? And do you think that, do you think that the direction of possibly pitting Superman versus Black Adam is the right way to go, considering that Shazam is on the table and they're not really really utilizing that feud between those two, at least not yet? Do you think that a Henry Cavill, Dwayne Johnson-led movie of those two fighting each other as the main central conflict is, is, the, is the correct direction to be headed towards? I just, I, just, I just imagine a world where there's Superman versus Black Adam happens. We circle all the way back around to this, to this thing, right? And they're like, okay, what about Shazam? Shazam is never going to measure up to Superman versus Black Adam. It's just not going to happen. Uh, and, and so if they do this now, part of me feels like Shazam versus Black Adam will never happen because it's, uh, I guess, backwards is the term. And, and you know, we kind of talk about on the podcast how The Rock, you know, sort of has an ego. And so I, I feel like with, with, with that ego, you know, that he's going straight for Superman. That's what he wants to do. But the other thing that's so weird about this is we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit because beyond Amanda Waller saying or Black Adam telling Amanda Waller pull up or anybody can pull up, I'm going to whip his ass and Superman appears. What's the conflict? Are we getting back into the things that kind of messed me up about Black Adam and a, a slightly lack of depth of story? Like, And they're just throwing hands. Part of me would love to see that. But for like an hour what, 45 probably? That's it? You know what I'm saying? So I don't, I'm not exactly sure where they go with this. I'm not exactly sure what the story is. 
Um, but as much as I love this cameo, I have to be slightly worried of just where they end up. Like, how did we really get here? What is, are there other parties at play when it, when it comes to, to, to this? Like, are there other people that are going to come into the movie and actually create some different kind of conflict? Is there more layers to what's going on? As much as I just want to see them throw hands, that sounds like an amazing short series or YouTube video, right? But if we're talking about theatric experience, I cannot, or, shoot, we're talking about visual effects and how crazy that is. I just can't see them two throwing hands for hour 45. So when we get to the end of this film and they're literally already face to face, how do we get to that point? It's, it's something, yeah, what, just what does that mean? Um, and, and, and Jordan brought up the, we, we do have some, some people to run the show now, thankfully, but it's, 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 I think it's a half a tricky spot to be in and half of a great spot to be in, right? Like, people know Henry Cavill, skip skip the characters, Henry Cavill versus The Rock is, is happening. So I think that's big enough by itself. And you add superhero to it, you add Superman behind it, you add Black Adam behind it, it becomes a different kind of beast. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really bittersweet in terms of what's going on here because I just, I think they have a new challenge that they put themselves in, a, a, a new hole they kind of put themselves in that they have to get out of but at least they have the star power already behind it. So I think there's a lot to think about there. I think there's a lot that they had to conceptualize in order to get this to work correctly. But man, um, um, Jordan also made a good point on the podcast. Like I just, maybe they just don't want to go the Shazam route. Um, and I think that that can be fine, but in talking about Shazam and this, or talking about the champion that the, the Shazam gods used to have that they don't have anymore. That's Black Adam. And it's weird when something is so connected and they never meet. And so it'll be weird if, if Shazam and Black Adam never meet. So um, I think they can figure it out. I think they will figure it out. But it's just it's 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 something that I think we'll all kind of have to think about um, moving forward. But I'm excited. Absolutely. Nonetheless. You know, one of my big concerns, a little bit more optimistic now after today's news, but is just the idea of this movie happening, period. We we have been in many situations in which movies have been promised to us and then they just don't happen. Or they fall off in development, something happens, creative differences, whatever the case may be. There have been more cases than not in which that's 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 occurred specifically within DC. So there's always a little bit of a little bit within me that just says like, hey, don't get too excited about this until you are sitting in a movie theater watching it for yourself, that this is actually a real film that's been shot and edited and has gone through post-production, all these different things. And so a little bit of me still exists in that space as it relates to what happens with Henry Cavill, period, whether it's Black Adam versus Superman or just Man of Steel 2 or whatever they would want to do with that with that character. But uh, I think that the the positive for me is that it just shows that there is there is a, a a desire on the part of DC and Warner Brothers leadership that they want this character within their universe in some capacity. And they want Henry Cavill to play him. And we just have not experienced that in such a long time, which is just such an odd thing to go around the centerpiece of really all of this. And yes, we would like to see more stories of new characters and low level characters and give them the opportunity to step up and gain a new audience like that, that that'll always be there. And that desire, I don't think will ever necessarily go away. And we have more platforms in which that can be achieved, but 
you can't just sideline your guy, your your number one guy or number two, maybe in some people's eyes. But you just can't sideline that 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 particular character. So I'm just glad that we're seeing somewhat of an investment on the part of their leadership team to say, like, hey, we are here for this character and we are looking to make plans for him. And we want that to be known. Like, they, they, there's no gray area for that to, to, to be interpreted any differently than what it is. Like, he's back. He's going to do another movie at least. And, you know, he'll be here to stay um, for the time being. So I'm happy about that. What do other folks think, you know, about Superman, what he might do within the future of the DCU? Uh, will it be a will it be a matchup film that they try to go after? Will it be something bigger? Will it be something different that leads us to that? I'm just kind of wondering, like, what other folks think about just the path forward and how they can actually, like, bring this to life and make it a make it a full fledged, integrated, multi layer type of story that takes place over the course of a few films. You know, I'm really excited in the sense that this is it's going to be Black Adam versus Superman. Uh, the whole idea with Henry Cavill coming back, I'm not as stoked with it, only because I feel like each one of his Superman iterations have been really letdowns. Um, uh, from Man of Steel all the way to the Justice League, the the, the writing for that was horrible. Um, but I am excited in the sense to see what we can actually do with Superman and just so more of his vulnerability. I think it's cool that they're introducing Black Adam as an antithesis for this one, only because Black Adam displayed his prowess with magic in combat during this film. And uh, for anybody who's fans of the comics, they know that magic is another one of Superman's weaknesses. Uh, back in Justice League versus Suicide Squad, which is probably one of the best one-off DC story arcs in the past 10 years, uh, he was fighting against uh, a witch and she was blasting him with hex blasts. And then at the very end, he kind of passed out and then killer frost absorbed his life force. And she froze the entire justice league in one shot. It was pretty masterful and no one had ever done that in comics before. So if they could do something like that, especially now that they've introduced Amanda Waller into the fold with this film as well, I think it's going to lead to a lot of opportunities. And um, again, Superman charging up again. That's the fold with this film as well. I think it's going to lead to a lot of opportunities. And um, again, Superman charging up again. That's the other fun piece that we have with it. Um, they can only do so much with Superman in the sense that he died after the second film. So there's not really... You can't have super death with Superman. So he's going to, he's going to uh, be down but not out or anything. So... You're going to see the extent of his power, and he's going to be dragged to a deeper point. So bringing in a villain that's not relying on kryptonite gum or something like that, some horrible plot piece, is going to be really exciting. And just what kind of creativity they're going to use with these folks is uh, going to look pretty nice to me. You know, one thing I'll say, um, to use a wrestling term, I really feel like they're doing some long-term booking. Um, watching a lot of The Rock's appearances and interviews in regards to bringing back the Superman character, he's a huge fan. So I'm sure he has his own ideas. And then, obviously, he has his own leverage to make everything happen. Now they have new le leadership. And, honestly, the possibilities are endless. 
we saw that Zack Snyder wanted to go in the direction of a dark Superman or at least him, you know, being driven to that ledge. I don't know if they pick up that adaptation or at least um, change it a bit, because to me, that would make for a good storyline to have Superman go dark. And voila, you got Black Adam there to, you know, go toe to toe with him or, you know, adapt some type of collab effort with, you know, you got Amanda Waller obviously calling the shots uh, oddly with Superman, maybe have, you know, two teams going at it and, you know, they're Black Adam and Superman are the leaders of each respective team. Like, it's just so much you can do. So I think that the new leadership and The Rock all have already met and established what the foundation is going to be because they have a bigger idea. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good stuff said there. Just about what, what we could possibly see with this character. Um, I mean, I would say that we have not seen the full potential of what Henry Cavill can do in this particular role. And John, to your point earlier, the writing has not been great for his character in in many respects. And I, I don't know how much of a how much ownership of that I can place on him as opposed to, you know, the people pinning these scripts, which I would say is kind of a very similar case to, to black Adam where I think, uh, you know, people tried the best with the, with what they could with the material, but, but um, the, the, it's a, it's an interesting place to be, you know, it's definitely going to be a challenge because Superman also another indestructible force, the most powerful being in the universe, black Adam, very similar in that respect. Like who, who can actually go against these two, and make it believable. You know, I think you watch a movie like Black Adam. At no point did I believe he was ever in danger. There was never a time where I felt like he was going to die or be injured or be hurt. It just never occurred. And I think it works for the context of what this movie was. I just don't know how long you can sustain that to keep people interested. So the idea that they could potentially face off against each other and and really, really wound each other in a, in a very serious way is somewhat interesting. Because I think we have to kind of see the yin and the yang between those two characters and how they work, how they work differently and, and potentially how they may work together in the future. Um, but we talked a lot about the movie and, and black Adam. Um, there's a couple of other things that I think we should address. And that just pertains to the future of DC, since we are kind of already here having this conversation. Um, and I, I did not anticipate this at all when we, when we scheduled the spaces, but literally today, you know, we have found out that DC actually has leadership now. And then Des and I in particular have been talking about this a lot on the podcast. Like, what does this all mean? Where are they going? Are they going to be able to find somebody soon? We know that Discovery, who, you know, has now merged with Warner Brothers, they've been very active to try to find new leadership. And so uh, this is just keen timing. It's it's a crazy week. So much stuff is happening. A lot of trailers, Ant-Man and Guardians. They literally just dropped that Rihanna's dropping her first single for Black Panther this Friday. Something's in the water, y'all. I just want I just want us to acknowledge that right now. This is a crazy week for these these big comic book film studios. But on the DC side of things, James Gunn, director of the Suicide Squad and also the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies themselves. I mean, he's completing his run over in Marvel. The last thing he's going to release will be Guardians Volume 3 next May. And that's going to end his tenure with Marvel, which he's he's been vocal about that this is going to be the end of, of his run with them, at least for the time being. And he's now going to come over and be the co-CEO and co-head of DC Studios, which is this new film division that they're creating for DC. And he's doing this job alongside Peter Safran, who's a longtime producer within Warner Brothers, has produced a ton of films, including 
a lot of recent DC outings like the Suicide Squad. He's also a producer on Peacemaker. He produced Aquaman. But in addition to that, he also produced the entire Conjuring universe, which is the most successful horror film franchise ever. So the guy is he he's very much vetted out here and has been with the Warner Brothers team for a very long time. I don't know if there's two better people that you could have picked for these two roles in this position in and of itself. And I really like the idea that it is two people. I've, I've said numerous times the whole lingo about DC finding gets Kevin Feige. It's a little bit misfounded because there is no other Kevin Feige out there. There's nobody with his particular experience and his trajectory to be able to do what they've that what he's done over at Marvel to, to, to have that same thing in DC. But I mean, to get a filmmaker and then get a producer who can like head up the creative and the business side together and, and run this operation and steer the ship, hopefully in the right direction, kind of a stroke of brilliance. And, and I really like what they're doing here. I, I would love to know what people think about the move itself and, and what they what this could mean for DC and, 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 and whether or not people are excited or maybe somewhat still hesitant because they've had leadership before. It's not like they've just been running a, a, an unmanned ship. They've had presidents and leads and all of this stuff before. But now it seems super, super intentional about their what they're doing. Um, Des, I'll, I'll start with you because we have not talked about this at all. I'm sure we'll talk about it on our next episode that we record later this week. But what's what's your initial just thoughts and reactions to the news of James Gunn and Peter Safran coming on to lead DC now? Holy shenanigans. It is crazy to think about <clears throat> that we spent all this time with James Gunn in just multiple different avenues, man, from DC to Marvel. It is just just crazy to think about. And and, and now here we are talking about this man being one of the, the co um, um runners of, of, of you know DC this DC property. And so it is yeah, it's just been like what a journey, man. I feel like our we, we we somewhat have matured with James Gunn um, in a lot of different ways. Never forget when I, the first time I seen Guardian um, in theaters, it was just a different experience. But also, man, Peter Safran is another beast. I think people aren't even really conceptualizing who this guy really is, man. He's done so much good work. Um, and, and to see them be co-chairs, I think, is a lot of exactly what we talked about on the podcast. I remember you saying, you were like, is there another Kevin Feige out there? We'd be like, no, there is no other Kevin Feige, but there are people who could potentially do this together. There are people who can, who can, you know, maybe, maybe see out, um, you know, what this thing is, uh, this beast is supposed to look like. And uh, one of the big things I'll, I'll think about as much as I do not, I mean, Benioff and Weiss, man, the Game of Thrones showrunners, Lord have mercy on their soul, whatever they had going on, whatever. But I think there's merit and there is something about um, two people being able to do it together. I think it, it, it they have each other's backs. They, they can communicate things. Um, within each other, um, in 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 a in like you said, there's a, there's one thing to be a producer of something, in 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 Peter Safran, but then there's a, one thing to be able to uh, create and direct things in James Gunn, and and I think they both understand universes, right? James Gunn had to take Guardians in 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 conceptualize them into the MCU the same way he had to do the same thing for the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and. and um, Peter Safran, man, you, you were talking about the Conjuring universe. That thing is huge now. It, all the movies aren't good, but they they we know how they are. We know how they fit together. If you watch them, you very much understand how they fit together. That's one of the the uh, 
the good things that the Conjuring universe has going on to the Conjurings and the Annabelles and the nuns and things like that. Aquaman, Shazam. And so it's it's just really cool, I think, to see this come to fruition. Because um, in my mind, honestly, when I thought, I was like, whoever DC picks, I might not know who they are in terms of like the work that they've done. But they chose two people who I know, I know their work very well. You know, and that, I think that means a lot um, for sure. But one of the other things I love most about just hearing this news today is you literally in our Black Adam review at the end of it, Jordan asked, where do you think DC is going? And the main thing is, where's the direction, right? Where that's a great question that nobody knows. It didn't seem like Warner Brothers knew. They've, they've been on fire for the past couple months. Warner Brothers Discovery has been throwing out stuff left and right. They shoot Walter Hamada's stepping down. There's just a lot of things happening. There's a lot of things going on. And so it was a very hard, you know, question to answer. But literally a day, the day we drop our Black Adam review, per se, it, it, they they found some 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 light, I think, at the end of the tunnel. They found some people to actually put um again this they found some 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 light i think at the end of the tunnel they found some people to actually put um again this this baby in their lap and it's it's time to it's time to start moving along and making some moves so i'm absolutely very much excited about this um and man i really can't wait to see where they take especially just the mind, the mind of james gunn is so crazy y'all i know you've all seen these movies too but like for this to be the guy is like, oh man, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm 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 super excited. I think it's also worth noting too in the in the release of this news is that it was it was mentioned that what they tried to emulate here with these two picks in James and Peter is the Pixar model, in which you've had producers and filmmakers working as executives. And there's often just been that hard line that's established that the producers and filmmakers, you make the movies and us as executives will handle the business, we'll handle the marketing, we'll handle the money, the distribution. But now we're getting a system in which DC can take this and do it in the live action space, which I don't know if it's been done. Pixar is animation, totally different beast, absolutely. But it has worked for them for you know the better part of 30 years at this point. But I think it's going to be I'm curious as to see how this works and, and, and the fact that you had these two working simultaneously together, trying to achieve the same goal, of course. And it's a benefit to them that they've already worked together. James and Peter have worked closely together on these previous projects, Suicide Squad, Peacemaker. So they have a rapport. So I think that that's also a, a great thing in, the, in their camp that they can that they can utilize moving forward. But this was probably, again, I think in my eyes, this was probably the best case scenario, really. I, I, don't, I don't know if I could have picked two better people. You have somebody who's embedded within the studio for the past, you know, 10 to 15 years. And you have another filmmaker who came over and, and made a couple of projects, which not everybody loves, but I think that they were largely well received. And somebody who's extremely creative and, and has the, the, the capabilities of hopefully building out this universe. So it's, it's interesting to see how it all works out. Um, anybody else have thoughts on this and just the move and, and, and how the leadership might influence just the future of what we see out of DC? My fear is that it's going to have a similar effect as the initial cut of the Justice World. The cut of the Justice League that was released in 2017, uh, when they put Joss Whedon in the seat, um, and we were thinking, oh man, it's going to be a great film, but it was a piece of shit. And uh, again, I think the Snyder cut was just too much for me personally. Um, so I'm, uh, again, I'm 
not really optimistic in the sense that I think they're going to switch personality and everything else, and they're going to flip everything around. I think there's way more things that need to play take place. Um, again, figuring out who's actually going to play the Flash, um, what they're going to do with this universe that they tried to establish, and then they kind of scattered to the side, and now they're trying to piece it back together. It's a very difficult task. Um, especially with the brand new Batman that they've introduced, who's really the catalyst for anything that's moving on. We can say Black Adam and uh, Superman and all this other stuff, but if you haven't figured out Batman, and he's going to be your central character, your Dark Knight, White Knight, whatever you want it to be, um, it's there's really going to be a challenge here. So um, uh, with that, I think it's exciting and it's cool news to see, but digging themselves out of this grave i i don't see how they're going to create something brand new and pay attention to everything else that they did in the past john can i ask you a follow-up real quick um to to, to the points you just made so go for it they they released the details that james has four years within this new contract. I think Peter has a different deal because he's he's a he, again he's a longtime producer, so he might work differently. But James Gunn has four years, and he's working exclusively with DC. Can't make any other movies for any other studio. This is this is what he's doing. What do you think needs to happen within the next four years in order to give you the faith that they're going in the right direction? So after you look at everything they put out by. 2026 the end of 2026 what would have need to happen for you to say like okay i actually feel confident in the direction of dc and all their characters oh they need to drop their nuts and do crisis that's the first thing they need to do um they need to do crisis before marvel does secret wars um that's uh, they have they've done enough in the past to where we've had three batmans over the past 15 years uh, to where you can do something that crazy. Um, and now that we have uh, one definitive flash, it seems, uh, where they have the films, they have the animated series, they have um, the other the Snyderverse, they have the uh, Chris, Christopher Nolan verse and everything else. Those are all cool things, but they need something gutsy to where it's like, all right, this is the definitive one. If they don't do Crisis, they can do Rebirth. Uh, something to where they're giving the fan, they're paying attention to all of their fans, and they're saying this is this is it. But they need to stick to their source material, which is something that they have not done well in the past. Um, I remember being infuriated watching Batman v Superman, and with the trailer when they had um, Doomsday in there, Doomsday had a bizarre crest on his chest. Uh, where the hell is this coming from? Like, for, for no reason. Like, I would have loved to have Bizarro in the film, but they, they did nothing with it just to slap it in there. Uh, and those are the kind of things that I think they throw in just for comic book nerds to look at and be like, hey, look, we're paying attention to you. We're doing this, but they do absolutely nothing with the storyline. So I think if they do something along those lines and they take liberties like Marvel has done with the MCU, it could be masterful, but I'm not convinced that they have enough nerds and fans and not just within uh, Warner Brothers film studios, but just in the DC's front office. Like they switch around their comic book authors all the time. They've uh, they had a great leader with Jeff Johns and then Jeff Johns has kind of stepped to the side and he was like, oh, I'll let you guys do whatever you want to do now. I'm tired of this because uh, he was carrying him on their back for about two or three years. Um, so 
if they can go back to that, I think it'll be great. But until then, I need to see it. Interesting. Um, so, so crisis or rebirth, like go for the big crossover essentially um, within the next few years in order to really do something that's, that's bold and gutsy and to also create something on par with Marvel. I think that that's an interesting approach. You know, I think four years, it, it's a lot of time, but it's not at the same time. It's, it's a weird predicament. I think it's, I think it's, it, it's the exact right amount of time for somebody to come in and have a shot and a crack at this, you know, it's almost like a, like an NBA contract or something, you know, I don't, I don't even know if you get that much time in the NBA at, at this point anymore, probably not, but four years seems like an appropriate space in which they can have a good litmus test to see like, okay, James, Peter, like you two are in the front heading this up. What have you been able to achieve in the past four years? Will we continue on with you in the future? Um, I, I wonder if the build out, within four years can be successful enough. One of the things that I, that I feel about DC is that the brand itself isn't even in a strong place. People just don't have that much faith in the brand DC, you know? And I think uh, that's, that's really important. Even if, even if you are making good films, you know, and I think that they've made a lot of good movies recently, not all of them, but a lot of good movies recently, but because the brand has been damaged, to a, a large degree in a lot of different respects to, 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 you know, some of your points too, with just changes in leadership and inconsistency and not sticking, you know, faithful to source material, they've alienated a lot of people. And so I think that a lot has to be done to build the brand up in that respect. And, and they'll have to create consistency and put out quality stuff. Um, Kevin, I do want to get your thoughts on this too. I know you are a big fan of Peacemaker. You know, we, we watched that show earlier this year, which again, James Gunn wrote and directed a lot of that as well as Suicide Squad. Um, and of course the Guardians films over at Marvel. I mean, how do you see this playing out? How do you see him being in this particular role? Also working alongside Peter Safran, you know, them two sort of being in charge of the ship at this point, leading DC into the future. Well, my take on it, um, you know, Warner Brothers, they sought after that, Kevin Feige type of guy and like you said there's no such thing so what's the next best approach let's get somebody that worked directly with him saw some of the, the roadmaps and saw some of the vision that he had um, and what helps with James Gunn is that he already had a foot in the you know in the home of DC with Peacemaker with Suicide Squad so he already has his foundation you know set up that's why I think he would be very su successful I personally don't think that he has to run and, you know, just throw out like a huge mashup or like, you know, take a, a huge comic adaptation. I think he he probably knows that he can take his time and build the way they're supposed to because he's seen it done and he's seen it work before. So that's where I think, um, you know, having a precedent set as well as having the experience of seeing a universe get built and succeed. I think that's going to help him the most in this role personally. Yeah. That, that point about working directly with Kevin Feige is, is well taken. You know, he's done that for eight years, you know, and he was, he was around during the very risky, um, which is relative. I'll, I'll say risky to, to, to what Marvel studios were doing at the time. He was around for that risky era, introducing characters that, Many people just didn't know taking some chances and, and helping build out the MCU even more so so that a crossover in which eventually resulted in Infinity War and Endgame could be something that we believe because, yeah, the Avengers are great, love them, 
but you need more. You need to you need to go cosmic and go into the universe and really explore these other corners. And that's what James Gunn's been doing for for Marvel for for a long time now. And so his eye and his ability to just look at the potential within characters is probably the thing I'm most interested in because he can find the humanness in a lot of these characters that you just w- naturally wouldn't as- associate with some of them. And not everybody needs that. I think you have to, you have to strike the right tone with whatever particular character you have. Everybody can't just, it's not a one size fits all situation, you know? And so I think uh, he has a good eye for that, but also at the same time, again, I think just the, the fact that he can concentrate on the creative and you have a guy like Peter Safran who can concentrate on the business is is probably the best thing for them because that's 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 just been the big problem. They've been able to make some good movies. They've also made some bad movies, but then, you know, they just don't do well financially or maybe they're marketed incorrectly or maybe their release strategy was off, you know. There's all these these variables that have to add up to create this perfect equation of like, hey, nearly everybody loves this cause the consensus is that this is good. We all feel like we can trust this brand and and all these different things. It, it's 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 almost alchemy, you know, to make something that everybody loves in the in the movie making space is near impossible. So I don't envy their position, but I, I I am I am looking forward to it at least to see what it produces and and what the next four years looks like. Um, Des, let's close out here, man, and just wrap up this conversation. Just want to check in with you. Again, we'll revisit this again, you know, later in our in our podcast that's going to come out later this week and talk about all this news and, and what it might mean. But just closing thoughts on Black Adam, what they were able to achieve with this movie, how it sets up the rest of the universe and just your overall thoughts on the future of DC and where we're headed ultimately with, with these these next few films that will be coming out, especially with Shazam Fury and the Gods on the Horizon, The Flash, which is still a big fucking question mark. I mean, good God, I, I don't know what what's happening there. Aquaman is is around the corner. What, what, what's your overall impression about what the next year and maybe two years might look like? Oh, boy. Um, DC has a lot to do. That's first and foremost, man. There's a lot of things that need to be done in order, I think, to get, well, you know, to speak to, to your point, the brand of DC um, back in order and what people are looking for, man. Um, you say the brand is tarnished. And that that is true to some extent, um, but you know, I, as uh, again, as much as we um, say the brand is tarnished, I think we it's okay. I think to celebrate the good, right? It's okay to celebrate the Batman. It's okay to celebrate um, uh, for us anyway, Aquaman. It's okay to celebrate Shazam. Those are those are good movies, man. Um, and and I think it's 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 time to 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 buckle up and just figure it out. And I think that's what they're doing, man. I think they're making moves. One of my, one of my, my fears when we were talking about um, kind of the, this, this restructuring of DC was that they're, they're going to do all this and it's going to take too long to get the ball rolling. I feel like I said that I'm like, you don't have time. Um, and, and, and one of the the big points that, that John made in terms of, I don't know if I agree with it, it going crisis in four years. I don't know if I can do that. That's that's a hard thing to pull off, but I love the ambition. I think that ambition is absolutely important. Um, if it can be done, hey, uh, more power to you. But I think it's a hard thing to do. But I think that ambition is one of the most important things that I'm looking for right now. And I think no matter how I feel about Black Adam, it is for sure an ambition. The fact that the movie is out is probably the thing that I commend the most it kind of blows my mind that they were able to 
cast the rock in 2007 15 years ago go through all these hoops and in in changes and in, in superhero um the superhero world in general through the mcu through the dceu through 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 other comic book movies and tv shows and still land at a black adam film here in 2022 i think in a, in a couple ways that's the impressive part the fact that 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 this thing is out and, and it's living and breathing, and I think DC does take swings. They do. They they. I can't say that they don't. I can't. Man of Steel is divisive because it's a swing. Um, you know what I'm saying? Justice, uh, or not just Lee, but Suicide Squad 2016 was a swing. Is it one of the worst superhero movies of all time? Absolutely, most definitely, and probably. But it was a swing, and I commend them for that. Now I think it's. I think there's a way to take more calculated swings. And I think them bringing on these people um, will do just that. I think them having a, a kind of a superstar in the rock is, is, is a good swing to have as a good person who can swing to have. He may not know the ins and outs of the, the directions that he needs to go, but the rock is going to swing Superman versus black Adam in that post credit scene is a swing. And I think, that again, that energy is what we need for DC going forward. Um, again, to to John's point, man, it's like y'all need it's it, y'all losing time. It's time it's time to get it started. We've been here for far too long, um, and, it, and it's time to get the ball rolling. And so, um, man, uh, I, I I think that the people the the fact that people love Black Adam is telling. I think that the fact that that Black Adam is at least doing numbers at this moment is telling. People are still interested in what DC has to say and what DC has to do. DC fans are still here; they're ready to go. But it's time we got. It's time to pick up the brand a little bit more in terms of consistency. I think that's the problem at this time being: is consistency. Give us um, um, the four to five star movies over and over. Give and, and and I think once you do that, we start to get to a place where oh, maybe we can start having conversations about. Uh, uh, the battle, right, between Marvel and DC. It's not even close right now. And but I, I miss that. I miss the as much as I love both of them, Marvel is just doing something on a completely different level. But I miss the moments where it was very early on and say like a 2008, right? Iron Man comes out and in 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 the dark nights under our belts. And we're like, oh man, DC versus Marvel. Oh boy, there's a lot going on here. We don't get that debate anymore. Um, because it, it it hasn't gone that way, and so I'm 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 still very hopeful, looking forward to what DC has going on. Um, and I think Black Adam is a, a decent reflection of at least the energy um, that that has to be put into the DCEU going forward. Nevertheless, the D, uh, DC at all. Last point I have to make: there's still a lot of brands out there within DC as we give filmmakers um, autonomy of these films, right? I'm still looking for them to to separate it. The to, there's the casual fan who is still very much confused about the Batman by by Matt Reeves and what's going on with um what what, what what's going on with Todd Phillips and Joker. There's too much confusion out there for people, and I think that's the, one of the last things that it's time to cl to clean up. And I think once they do all that, the that I think that's another thing about the brand. You can say inconsistency is one thing and but also confusion is another, I guess, which speaks to consistency. But they, they have to figure out um, a way to for people to understand. Explain like I'm five 
is one of my favorite subreddits because people literally will break it down for you. There's some people you just got to break it down. Tell them what these different pockets of films are. Bring everything together. And I think there's still potential to, en- to, to enjoy a universe within DC. We've been enjoying individual movies. We have yet to really enjoy what a DCEU is supposed to be. Um, but I think we're heading in the right direction. That is my hope. Um, and I'm going to remain hopeful uh, until I, until the wheels fall off again. Um, and hopefully that it doesn't happen. But I'm here um, and I'm ready to see it, man. Calculated risks definitely, I think, is 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 the way to go. Um, and it seems like they fully intend to do something that is very much connected and creating a, in a universe that, that that will pay off in some somewhat of a crossover. The statement that they released, James Gunn and Peter Safran. They said that they look forward to collaborating with the most talented writers, directors and actors in the world to create an integrated multi-layered universe that still allows for the individual expression of the artists involved. And so I think they made their intentions very clear that this will all ultimately lead to something very similar to what we see out of Marvel. Um, John, this was, I think, your first time maybe joining the spaces that we've done. Appreciate all your insight and input. Very valuable contributions. Just want to see any last thoughts on Black Adam dc where things are headed be curious to know if you have any final thoughts as we close out yeah definitely and i also wanted to say thank you again for inviting me on this hopefully i wasn't hogging up the microphone and hopefully i get invited to another one but um i again i can't stress enough how much i really enjoyed black adam i think it was a fun film i think it was great for comic book lovers i think it was great for people just trying to get out and go to the movies um i love the fact that they were able to find this happy ground in the sense that they found that dark tone that Zack Snyder had, but they were still able to make it a comic book film. It was something that reminded you of the guardians of the galaxy in the sense that there was enough comedic relief within the film with the quirky dialogue and, um, uh, stupid action scenes that you had a good time when you were leaving there. Um, with DC, I can say that I applaud them for not being afraid to fail and that they accept their failures. Uh, we're going as far back as Catwoman and, uh, we're, we're looking now and we're looking at Black Adam like this is a fun film and everybody went out to see it. Uh, what can we do with the next one going forward? Uh, (laughs) these are, these are pieces that they they they're they don't hide from and they don't shy away from so i'm curious to see if it's going to be where the heroes slash anti-heroes are going to have more of a Zack snyder tone whereas the throwaways like suicide squad they have a completely different tonality within the films so those are pieces that i think um are going to be very exciting to watch over the next few years um like I mentioned with Crisis, I think that's the only option they have at this point because they've introduced their big bads and dark side, uh, the new gods, things of that nature to where doing anything different is going to be a disservice to the fan base. And they realize that they're in competition with the MCU, but they also have to also realize that they never will be the MCU. So they have to create their own lane rather quickly. Uh, with the material, with hell, the continuity that they have in there, there's no reason why it shouldn't blow the MCU out the water. But uh, you, you really have to rely on that fan base and you have to 
prove to the fans, look, this is us paying close attention, whether it's something utilizing HBO Max, where we have series like Peacemaker, we can have another series with JSA in there. Uh, how Dr. Fate had his, uh, got to the point where he was at, he and Hawkman, as Des mentioned earlier, those are all cool things that we could do to lead up to this behemoth of a film that would introduce uh, characters that we haven't seen in years and kill characters that we haven't seen in years and then give a uh, nuance to a brand new era of films. So I think it's, uh, it's quite exciting. Um, if it's executed properly, I don't think they have the capacity to do so, but if they do, I would love to be wrong. Um, I, I hate being right in these kind of scenarios because I also spend my money and my time on that kind of stuff. But I think if, uh, they can pull it off could be one of the best things in cinema we've seen this decade. Well said, man. I love the point about sticking to their guns, owning failures, that that's an important lesson, you know, to, to not be gun shy and to stick with the vision. Um, I think with other franchises, Star Wars um, sometimes are gun shy and they don't do things because they're so afraid of what the fans will say. And I, I don't think that that's the way to operate the ship. And you have to really stick with the vision. Um, Kevin, of course, man, always continue supporting my guy. Want to just pass it to you to see if you have any last thoughts about Black Adam and DC and what the future may hold and just your overall impressions of where things are currently and just what you hope to see out of out of the brand over the next few years. Honestly, man, my last remark, it's a great time to be a fan. Just honestly, of comic books, superheroes, all the above. Uh, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I love DC. I love Marvel. I lean towards DC slightly more. So I'm excited that we got the news that we received today. I'm, I'm glad that there are some good things in place already with DC that they can build on. I'm glad that Black Adam got a great audience score just because, you know, DC really needed that. This was something that they they needed to have to stay in the game. Like now we have, you know, we have we have potential and that's what makes me the happiest the most. Hopefully they don't fumble it this time. I have confidence in James Gunn and Pete Sanford, so I'm just excited, man. I love that. I think that's a great, great note to end off on. Appreciate y'all so much for coming through and adding all of your thoughts and opinions and contributions to this conversation. This is what it's all about. That's why Des and I do what we do here with Two Black Nerds. We love to hear from people and get these other thoughts and opinions because we talk to each other all the time, every week, which is great, but always getting this extra insight and opinions about where things are with this crazy world of comic book movies is very valuable again we have our black adam spoiler review which is live now on our podcast feed you can go check that out it's three hours long we talked about everything you can possibly imagine as it pertains to the movie and of course everything surrounding dc gonna have another episode dropping thursday of this week because we have to talk about house of the dragon the season finale of that show and what the future of that series may entail gonna talk about the rings of power as well alongside of a lot of other movies that we've checked out and we're going to do another spaces real soon here. Cause y'all know we have to talk about black Panther Wakanda forever. So definitely expect another one of these to come around the corner. Once that movie is out and available and we can chat about it and do another deep dive on everything happening over with the MCU. So definitely look out for all of that stuff. Again, appreciate y'all for spending your time with us this evening. We have more stuff coming out this week, but until next time we'll catch up with y'all definitely have a great night and we'll, we'll do this again real soon. Black Adam. We're here 
to negotiate your peaceful surrender. I'm not peaceful. Nor do I surrender. It's his darkness that lets him do what heroes cannot. The battle you're meant to fight is upon us. There's no one on this planet that can stop me. Black Adam, rated PG-13, October 21st.